Thank you for joining me for another Quick Hits Conversation. I'm Dr. Robin. I'm known as the Mental MacGyver. My doctorate is in organizational business psychology with a concentration in sport and performance. And I provide luxury level high performance support and coaching to executives, founders, celebrities, and athletes. With me today, I have Jennifer Nelson. She is the VP of Network Relations at Community Food Bank of New Jersey, as well as a speaker and entrepreneur. I have Shell Shapiro. She's a marketing strategist for wellness coaches and consultants and recognized as one of the top 15 LinkedIn experts in New York City, as well as the author of the book, Loving Yourself Isn't Selfish. And I have Ed Samuel. He's a career coach at Sam Nova, where he helps mid to senior level leaders get to a better place, whether they are working or in transition. The question I have for you today, how do you handle it if someone says they will do something and then they don't? Ed, kick us off. Well, uh, a couple of different things that I think about. I, I'm a big fan of uh, doing a follow-up and doing it gently. Mm -hmm. I remember years ago, I used to get incredibly frustrated when I asked the second time, and I couldn't understand why couldn't people follow up. But I'll be honest with you, uh, every time somebody doesn't follow up, I actually go to something different now. And I actually say to myself, what life could be getting in the way? Something mm -hmm. could be happening way beyond Ed's request. And that, uh, and I've had people say, hey, my son or daughter's sick, somebody died, uh, was in a car accident. So I used to be much more critical, and now I'm not. So that's a little bit in terms of how I think, at least initially now. Jen, what about you? Yeah, I agree with all of that. I think being really clear um, and, and having strong communication is, is the key to this. And the first thing I asked myself was, was I clear? Did they understand what I was asking them to do? And then Ed, to your point, if you've built relationships where people can tell you in advance, hey, I've got this thing going on. You know, my, my a family member got a diagnosis. I may be in and out please oh, grant me some grace over the next few weeks and months. Then you can sort of plan for those things and it sort of avoids the problem altogether. But in the case where either you don't have that relationship or something just came up or they flat out forgot, I think the first thing is to be very direct, you know, uh, communicate very directly about what the expectation was what expectation wasn't met and what the impact of that was, right? And then from there, you can go towards solutions and figuring out what you can do to mitigate the situation. Yep, I love that you brought up expectations. I will often tell my clients, you can't hold someone accountable to meeting a need you never told them that you had. So that's a good point. Shell, what are your thoughts? I, I love that point that you just made about you can't hold somebody to an expectation if they didn't even know it was there in the first place, because like you don't know what you don't know. In, in my experience, when I have asked somebody to do something or they've agreed to do something and then they don't, a lot of what Ed said resonates as well. Like I check in to see like what happened, like where, where did they fall off where to Jen's point, where was there, is there miscommunication somewhere along the line? Or is it really just a boundary issue? Um, for myself, I, in the past, because I'm recovering, uh, was a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. And I now recognize that I need to meet people where they're at. And that means understanding where I end and they begin. And sometimes it's as simple as a boundary issue of like, did they say yes? And 
blast through their own boundary maybe of like they really didn't want to agree to doing something and now they're avoiding it because it wasn't a priority for them or because they feel like that they didn't clearly communicate that hey this really wasn't something that's a priority for me Mm -hmm. and so it is important to check back in and see like where where did we go wrong where's the disconnect here um, and if, if they do really want to do it, but there's something else like an extenuating circumstance in the way, then how do we get back on track and make sure that we're both aligned in that getting done in the first place? Absolutely. I feel like for me, how I handle it depends upon my relationship with the person. So for example, everyone who does quick hits, I've met, I know who they are. I feel like I have a pretty decent relationship with them. And so if someone commits to doing quick hits and then they don't show up, I'm going to text or email and say, Hey, what happened? Are you okay? Are you still planning on coming? What's going on? Like, I'm going to check in with them within three or four minutes of having expected them to be there. Conversely, if I'm on like a networking group, like something like lunch club, and I'll give somebody seven minutes and then I'll just say, looks like something came up for you. Let me know if you want to reschedule and I'll walk away. I won't follow back up with them. If they want to schedule with me, they can. So I think for me, it's really dependent on my relationship with the other person. You have to use good judgment in terms of uh, when you ask someone to do something and they said that, yes, they would do it. You don't ask them on Monday. They don't do it on, and let's just say if there's not a firm date even set. Other person, uh, I, I asked a request of 10 days ago and I said, you know, this morning, just to do a follow-up. And, and, I, and I, the way I worded it, I said, hey, this is just a gentle nudge on something you said you do for me. And this is the only note you're going to ever get back from me on this yep. nudge. You won't hear from me again. Because mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things, it's not a mission critical thing, but yet it's important to me. And I'm not willing to damage a relationship over it. And I just said, hey, if you can get to it, great. So th- there's a presumption that sometimes just a gentle nudge is okay. But you know where it gets really complicated? And this is the twist where I've had my hardest challenges with people is when people are passive aggressive in terms mm-hmm. of their nature. So what would happen if I asked somebody who's passive aggressive to do something, quite honestly, I have zero expectations. And when you don't know if someone's really passive aggressive, it, you're, you're kind of like, what's really going on? So sometimes it's deeper than just a simple follow-up and why is the person not responding? You know, Shell, what you said about boundaries really resonated with me because I am also a recovering people pleaser and I didn't coin the term the dirty yes I don't know who did right but that's when you say yes when you don't want to and so so I'm a lot better at not giving a dirty yes at least with my team with people that I work with often I try to make sure that we have a two-way communication where you know they can say they can negotiate with me and say I can't get that done or Jen, that doesn't make sense. Instead of them just saying yes, because I asked them to do something, if they really can't get it done, then I just want to know up front. And, and again, like I'm all, when I'm in relationship with someone, when I'm working with them on a, a, a an extended basis, how do we avoid this? Um, because, because we're all, everyone, the fact is I work at a nonprofit, right? We're all working really hard. We're all, you know, um, there's some level of stress, some level of, you know, compassion fatigue after three years of a pandemic. And so, you know, those relationships are just so key. And it's really important to me that while holding each other accountable, we also take care of each other and have that kind of kind of culture of caring that, you know, someone can just let me know it's not going to happen or I'm going to need some support. 
That's a really good point. I think another place where you see this is if you're in a sales position where somebody else tell you, oh yeah, I'll call you back in two days. You'll definitely hear from me. And then you never hear from them. And, and you wonder like, how often should I follow up? They say, oh, seven touches. I am not going to email someone seven times. That's just not a thing. If, if someone says, yes, you'll hear from me and I don't, I might email them once or twice and say, hey, just wanted to check in. You said you were interested in my services. Let's have a continuing conversation. At that point, I consider myself ghosted and move on. I was different when I was in a sales role. Um, and maybe because it was it was different, it was more of a commodity. I was selling insurance, right? Mm. Um, people would say, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll call you back. And they wouldn't. And my thought was, it's more important to me than it is to them. So, <laughs> so I needed to, in that kind of role, you know, I did have a cheat, a, a, like a sheet that I would check off and I would call them three times. I would email them. I would send them snail mail. I would call them three more wow. times because that's, that's what that type of role required. I don't think mm. to your point, a coach or someone who's providing professional services is going to do that level of, but sometimes people really just do get busy and forget. And when it, when you're in a sales role and it's your livelihood, there's a little bit more like you have, you have just have to figure out what works for you. And especially like when I was starting off in that, I, you know, I used to call it dialing for dollars. I was just on the phone all the time. Right, yeah. uh, once, once referrals start to flow and you start to get known in your space, you don't have to work quite so hard at the prospecting piece, but I think it depends on where you are in your, in your career and your trajectory. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. that is our 10 minutes. I do think that how you follow up with people when they say yes, but then don't actually do it is really nuanced. So I appreciate the three of you sharing how you do it and how it works for you. And I look forward to speaking to each of you again really soon.